everything started to feel like my legs were full of static. It's, it's tough to describe it any other way, but the sensation is not like anything else that I've felt. It's almost as if your legs have gone to sleep, but then they just sort of disappear. The first hospital was about three to four days, and then that's when the diagnosis happened. They offered a TPA, it's basically a life-saving agent, a clot-busting agent, and from there, it was on to a second hospital where they did some testing, did some scans, and they just went through a full battery from brain to try and find out if there was something with my heart that might have affected the stroke. I was ready to get back into that athlete mode and think about this as just just an injury. It's got different parameters, but it's still just an injury, and I wanted to approach it that same way and think about what things that I could do. I knew I had limitations, but I wanted to test those limits, find out how to get stronger, definitely seek out a community. You may feel like your experiences are not valid or not real, but until you get around a community and you begin to share, you may not see that there is humanity in your suffering. So being around a community can bring you to that sense of self. Hello, this is Stroke Stories, and I'm Mark Goodyear. In the United States, someone suffers a stroke every 40 seconds. That's 795,000 people a year, and just over 600,000 of those are first-time sufferers. Stroke survivors often find it difficult to find adequate resources to help them through their recovery. So we started Stroke Stories, the podcast, to seek out and to hear from stroke survivors. In this episode, we'll hear from Vince Holland from Northern Virginia, who suffered a stroke at the age of 28. I would definitely say that I led an active lifestyle. Uh, I had an athletic background. Uh, just going back through high school and even like my adolescence. And so that was a big part of my life. Uh, health and fitness, I would say. Working out three, four, or five times a week even. It was on the 4th of July. Uh, it was like towards the end of the day. It was basically a normal day outside of that. I had got to spend time with my friends to see fireworks, to go out to eat. And then I was with my fiance, who was then my girlfriend, at my parents' house. And we were all just sitting around. And at some point, everything started to feel like my legs were full of static. It's, it's tough to describe it any other way, but the sensation is not like anything else that I've felt. It's almost as if your legs have gone to sleep, but then they just sort of disappear. I knew something was off, and then I tried to stand up, but my legs just completely melted. I was strewn out on my parents' kitchen floor. And I guess I was very fortunate that I was there at the family home because they were there. Uh, my brother was there and he's a corpsman in the Navy. So he kind of responded pretty quickly. He knew some of the signs and I could definitely tell there was a sense of anxiety, but he didn't panic. He responded well and we got the emergency responders there like straight away. And then we were to the hospital uh, within, within an hour of that. The first hospital was about three to four days and then that's when the diagnosis happened. They offered a TPA, it's basically a life-saving agent, a clot-busting agent, and from there, it was on to a second hospital where they did some testing, did some scans, and they just went through a full battery from brain to try and find out if there was something with my heart that might have affected the stroke. We were proceeding with treatment along the lines of a condition called RCVS, and that's reversible cerebrovasoconstriction syndrome. Most of the signs led to to that diagnosis. But initially it was basically a cryptogenic stroke as they've described it. And that's just one where the cause is not quite clear. Uh, there were a lot of lifestyle things that we looked at and I really didn't have a lot of the lifestyle factors. And a lot of the concerns they had were, well, what's your activity level like? 
What's your diet like? Uh, do you smoke? Do you drink? Or is there any kind of recreational drug use? And so there are a lot of these things that they thought were definitely um, indicators of making someone much more likely to have a stroke that I just did not have lifestyle wise. So it definitely left a lot of question marks, but we were able to, to move forward with, with the plan of treatment along the lines of RCVS. And then it was, I guess on about the fifth day, we moved on to an inpatient rehab facility. In the beginning, it was really, really humbling because you see doctors as a certain kind of professional. And when you see them just, they seem almost as confused as you are about how this thing could have happened. You really get to see the practice behind the practice of medicine because we're always exploring new answers about the human condition or the human body. It's just very humbling that there are things that can happen that are far beyond our control. And though we can take preventative action in, in so many different ways in our lifestyle, some scary things can still happen. It does cross my mind, maybe a little less now as I get further from it. I think each year I felt a little bit of a milestone had been crossed, uh, a milestone had been reached as far as my recovery, knowing that like my likelihood of survival uh, with each subsequent year had improved. So it, it is scary to think that your brain could just turn on your body and just in a snap take everything away from you. Having been an incredibly fit athlete, Vince had to now try and get movement back on the left side of his body. In the beginning, it was just trying to gather more sensation to my limbs. Like my left arm had started to come back. I was left side affected, and but my left leg was still not really working. My toes had began to move once I had like gone to inpatient rehab, but it was just trying to get more sensation back there and to figure out what aids I would be using if I was going to be in the chair, if I would use a cane or a walker. And so every day I progressed a little bit and worked on building strength. So there was some some kinds of resistance training as far as what I could do. Uh, and they even made some kind of some lifestyle training modules where you could go through this. They had like a kitchen at the rehab facility where you could go through your normal routine things, making breakfast for yourself if you were wheelchair bound, navigating the kitchen space if you were to have to use a walker. So things like that were a big part of um, occupational therapy and the physical therapy. As well as regaining his movement, Vince also took time to reevaluate his new life as a stroke survivor. Uh, it was very strange. Uh, I was just coming off the end of something that felt like it was the end of my life. And I was dealing with the fact that I was still around now and I had a lot to think a lot of things to think about because there was a lot of downtime after the physical therapy portion was over, after I had done as much as I could in the day physically. I had to spend some time by myself or with, with visitors. I had family and friends come by, but I had to think who I was now because as best I could tell my athletic career was over I was still majority paralyzed in those first early days and so there was a lot of a lot of time for reflection introspection a lot of time for just prayer and just quiet time to think about who I was without all of the things that I had grown accustomed to having there was a period where I had accepted that I was still me that I had become someone different I would say that it was more of a revelation than a transformation I started to see myself much more completely, even without my athleticism, I could see that I was still so many things in my life. I wear a lot of hats like we all do. Somebody is, I'm someone's son and brother and teammate and friend and colleague. And I got to think about all of those things and consider the value that they had in my life. I got to think about how I needed to be strong for the people that were around me. And so I thought of my emotional strength. I thought of being able to use my words, which had started to come back after a few days. But like once I accepted that, whatever would be, would be okay. I think that is when I started making the biggest changes, those, those mental hurdles that I was beginning to get over because I accepted that what was happening to me, I just attributed to God's will. And I 
just moved forward being okay with whatever the outcome was. Vince was also nervous about returning home. And there is a, a piece to uh, leaving a rehab facility, an inpatient rehab facility that I think stroke survivors do feel but don't often get to talk about, and that is this sense of separation anxiety because it's a community. And so you leave this community of survivors where people don't ever treat you like you don't belong and where every piece of progress that you make can be celebrated. To acknowledge you is, it's not a burden for them. They just look at you as a part of the community straight away. And so when people ask you what you're doing there, they just want to know how you fit to this tapestry, how you're going to become part of this. So there is some separation anxiety leaving rehab, but I was definitely excited. Uh, there were things that I wanted to work on and getting back my own independence. And as best I could, finding some sense of normalcy on the other side of having had a stroke at 28 years old. And while Vince was initially nervous, he knew that he had family close by. They were really, really supportive, excited to have me home. I stayed with my parents during that time. I wasn't able to get up and down the stairs readily. I could make one ascent and that was pretty much it for the day. And I wasn't going to be I'm just doing a lot of that because my body just couldn't handle the volume. But they were really, really supportive, excited to have me home. And I think they were even more cautious than I was. I was ready to get back into that athlete mode and think about this as just just an injury. It's got different parameters, but it's still just an injury. And I wanted to approach it that same way and think about what things that I could do. I knew I had limitations, but I wanted to test those limits, find out how to get stronger. And I think that like my excitement to do more like they were a little bit apprehensive about it because I had gone through a lot, but so had they. And so my family was really, really cautious, but still very supportive of me just finding my strength again. There was an outpatient facility that I visited. And even when I was there, I progressed very well there. And I think my athletic background helped me again because I just had this approach where I would just try and be as coachable as possible. This wasn't a situation I was familiar with. So I knew that I needed to listen to the professionals, take their advice seriously but just work hard every day. So I kept working on my mobility, just navigating day-to-day -day life and recognizing that recovery was going to be ongoing. Like this was a part of my life now. It wasn't just uh, a season. I mean, I am three years removed from my stroke and it is still a part of my life. I think in my case, I was 28 years old, fit. There is a little bit of skepticism. When you come in and you were in the condition that I was, there is this well, of course, there's a normal battery of tests. There's all the toxicology reports because they aren't certain that what's what I'm experiencing is actually a stroke. So it takes time for them to run through those tests. Sometimes you're not really received like what you're going through is real. So I definitely think there was a continuum of care. There was definitely some facilities that did better as far as the bedside manner. None were terrible, but there were some that were uh, really warm to the emotional challenge looking at this very physically fit person and thinking that they were completely incapacitated. Uh, there were some places that were really, really inviting of the fact that I had limitations that could not be seen. Like I have these invisible hurdles and some people were just much more receptive to it. Although Vince's stroke came completely out of the blue and without explanation, he managed to come to terms with what had happened to him early on and has focused on embracing life after stroke. Still to come on Stroke Stories, Vince tells us how his stroke changed the way people approached him. There is kind of a feeling that everyone's looking at a ghost. So they kind of tiptoe around you a little bit as if you're like a fragile egg. And I, I think that's just them wanting to be considerate of the condition. But people definitely are much more cautious 
and he tells us how vital it is to be able to relate to other stroke survivors. Through the inpatient rehab facility that I was with, there were stroke support groups, which is huge because even with friends who are part of my community that had not experienced stroke, there were certain things that were so subtle that only other survivors would make the connection. Let's hear how Vince got back into work after three months away. That's another community I belong to and getting back to that was emotionally challenging but also physically challenging. So I did make some accommodations as far as my schedule. I was on a modified schedule in the beginning and then after a number of months, um, then I'd be able to move to a little bit longer day. So for what I was doing at the time, I was spending a lot of time around computers, but I couldn't do that for an extended period because the thing that stroke survivors deal with is the cognitive fatigue. And so staring at a computer monitor all day is just wasn't going to happen. So getting back to work, I was on that the amended schedule, just working up to being able to stay at work for a full eight-hour day or so. But in the beginning, it was definitely challenging. My department was aware that I had had a stroke. So a little over three months or so, I go back to work, and there is kind of a feeling that everyone's looking at a ghost. So they kind of tiptoe around you a little bit as if you're like a fragile egg. And I, I think that's just them wanting to be considerate of the condition. But people definitely are much more cautious of your space than they, than they would be or than they had been before. That was an interesting thing to navigate, to let people know that, like, I'm OK or I'm going to be OK. I'm still moving forward. Recovery is always ongoing, but I am progressing. As far as my friends, it was a little bit of the same thing. I mean, they were ready for me to just be like normal Vince again, which is great because they were super supportive of me getting back to physical activity. They had dealt with something, too. Like their friend was had gone through a stroke, and this is a thing that ends the lives of a lot of people globally. And I was coming through and had shown up on the other side of it. And so I don't think people know exactly how to respond to it. And so they want to be accommodating. And uh, my friends were super supportive. And then some weren't. They were a little gun shy about asking about the experience. I'm not sure if I was ready to talk about it, but they were definitely willing to talk if I wanted to. And that was that was huge. I think community is one of the biggest aspects. Um, that makes a difference in stroke recovery. I think in the space of rehab and having those quiet times to myself where there wasn't physical work to be done, I knew that I had to rehab my mind in some ways. I mean, not just my physical brain. I knew that I needed to try to get my facilities back, my, my faculties back as far as um, my gross motor planning and all the things that they had set up as far as the rehab portion. But I needed to work on my mindset. And as I got stronger in that, it got easier to talk about. And I recognized that I had come through this thing or I was coming through and experience for a reason. And so being able to share wasn't just about my own circumstance, but being able to let people know that they could also share their circumstances and they could maybe see me overcome something and help them feel like it's possible for them to get over the hurdle in their life. Vince was also able to use his love of fitness to help his recovery. There was like an entry level progression for me to jump back into. Um, I have done a lot of like competitive fitness. I don't know if you follow like this CrossFit programming, that sort of thing. There was a bit of that. I'm very into Olympic weightlifting. So that's been a part of the progression uh, of recovery for me as far as physical fitness. I'm going back to competition. I was able to, with my friends, go and do like a trail race, a relay. And so that was pretty exciting. It's, it's just a part of reclamation for me is to go out and do something physical, do something challenging and just know that I am still me on the other side of a stroke. Just feeling like I have the independence to navigate that space by myself is a big part of that reclamation. 
and also being around the team. It's just another community. And I think I say a lot about how important community is. It's important in, with my family. Community has been important with like my faith community. Community is a big part of the gym for me. Uh, I, I go to a gym with a lot of people who they're super supportive of whatever you're going through. And we've all seen different kinds of challenges uh, health wise and just the regular things you go through in life. And so having a community has been tremendous for me to uh, reclaim my identity and reclaim my place in that community. Through the inpatient rehab facility that I was with, there were stroke support groups, which is huge because even with friends who are part of my community that had not experienced stroke, there were certain things that were so subtle that only other survivors would make the connection. So I was able to uh, get in touch with people that way. And just like through my social media presence, I've had a really great opportunity to connect with a lot of stroke survivors. And that's been pretty tremendous, just hearing about their different kinds of experiences and hearing the similarities in our experience has been huge. I've never been super active on social media, but I guess at some point, maybe two years removed from my stroke, it was a part of my reclamation to begin to tell my story, to share the stories of other survivors, and to just spread insights and uh, ideas about mindfulness, positivity, and just like a, a positive mindset in any kind of circumstance because uh, like through the course of stroke recovery you're still you know leading normal life like i have since i have moved i've gotten engaged to be married i've changed jobs and so throughout the recovery there are still all of the normal life things to deal with and so being on social media and connecting to people that have a similar mindset or are like-minded about mindfulness and its place in recovery has been pretty tremendous i definitely want to write in a broader sense and figure out what form that's going to take. It's a part of something that I am doing with my social media presence is to share writing and thoughts and ideas from the perspective of a stroke survivor and just a human in general dealing with mindset, dealing with mindfulness, using like a near-death experience to deal with other stressors in life, to take things for granted less and to let that come through in my writing. So definitely finding a way for my writing to take a broader shape. I think that's a, one of my goals for certain. Stroke has also made Vince even more certain about a major event in his near future. I always knew that I wanted to be married. I felt after having a stroke and seeing what it is like watching someone become a caretaker and seeing the strength that that requires, it has just fortified the fact that the person that's in my life, my fiance, is just absolutely the one for me. And so I know that I'm going to be married. I'm excited to be married. And it's made me feel like having someone there for you is just tremendous. And that's another thing that it doesn't get talked about quite as much, but there are lots of cases where people deal with stroke recovery and experience kinds of abandonment. So I just feel really, really grateful to have someone in my life that I'm gonna get to marry. I definitely call these my bonus years. There are ways that I am more me now than I have ever been. And I think that's been huge for me is to just feel like the things that I think and feel and experience and my perspectives are a little more real now. The whole business of life is confusing, I think, for everyone. And then when you throw in having to survive a stroke, it makes you confront certain questions that you might have been avoiding. It makes you confront questions that you might have been avoiding to survive a stroke. And um, I am kind of grateful for it in that respect. So I, I think less of why did this happen to me? And I'm trying to find out why has this happened for me? Because I know that there has to be a lesson in this. I was allowed to survive for a reason. And so that's a part of my journey now. A stroke is awful, like, uh, and just a very matter of fact way, it's, it's terrible, it's inconvenient, 
It is gruesome in a lot of ways, but it is deeply informative to go through an experience and recognize that you are not your brain. It, it gets into a lot of things that I am interested in as far as consciousness. I, I want to understand better what it was I experienced when I was locked in a room with my body, but I was not in control anymore. So there are just lots of things that I want to understand about that. And um, strokes, it's, it's hard. It's awful. But there are really good things that we can take away from the experience and having survived it. And finally, if you've had a stroke, Vince thinks you should try and find other stroke survivors to talk to. Definitely seek out a community. You may feel like your experiences are not valid or not real, but until you get around a community and you begin to share, you may not see that there is humanity in your suffering. So being around a community can bring you to that sense of self. And I think for caregivers, just don't give up. Be patient. Uh, that's one of the biggest things, and it's incredibly tough in the beginning, especially if you uh, suffer from aphasia, and that's the loss of speech or the, the inability to form thoughts through speech, that loss of expression. It can be really tough to be patient, but it's crucial, because when you are locked inside of yourself without that control as a survivor, you want someone to be patient and to listen to you and to just have the will to hear what it is you're not quite able to say. Um, so I definitely have so much respect for caregivers, and I just, I just want them to know what you do is tremendous. Like you're just being there at times, even with no words to add, but just to be there by someone who is going through a stroke is tremendous. Vince was never given a reason why his stroke happened, but he never let that stop him from doing everything he could to regain his former fitness and from reaching out to other stroke survivors through his support groups and Instagram account. If you'd like to learn more about stroke, search for the Stroke Association online and search NHS Stroke if you'd like a dedicated webpage. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and to rate and comment on the episodes you hear. That will help us spread the word. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. <laughs>